Welcome to the Black Men Think Podcast. If this is your first time here, know that the views and opinions expressed by the Black Men Think Podcast, are those of the Black Men Think Podcast and not the individual members. With that being said we're about to be unapologetically, undeniably black. Enjoy. Dolly, <laughs> <laughs> no, my t-shirt, did my shirt, man. Huh? Thirsty little mug, boy. All right, okay, so we got a little jump shot. All right, okay. Let me, let me let you have tonight, man. I don't even have it in me, man. My dog, straight off of Rice Street, boy. Like, did <laughs> <laughs> three hundred dips, twelve hundred sit ups, working three shifts. Oh, y'all stupid, man. Look, hey, welcome to the Black Man Thing podcast. I know we we haven't been on in a couple of weeks. We apologize. There's no excuse. If you're on Patreon, you did get episodes, but if you're not on Patreon, y'all didn't get any episodes, so sorry. And now that that's out the way, one quick story. So, in pre-production, we were just talking about, like, how living in Atlanta, seeing different type of, like, luxury vehicles is nothing to us. Like, we see that on a regular basis, right? Corey, now, we're from a, a, a city called Macon. It's like an hour away. Where, like, if you see some of those cars down there, you're going to kind of turn your head and wonder, like, yo, who is this? And maybe, maybe not so much now, I'll say, you know, maybe some years ago. Because I, I, I don't know. I'm not there, like, every day to, to, to truly comment on it. But, bro, I say this to say, I was at um, Publix. And there was a vehicle. It was a Benz. It was, like... It might I don't think it, it wasn't a C class. It might have been like an E class, but it was clearly like probably somewhere in the 2018 2019 range. So like not brand new, but you know, a uh, uh, somewhat newer Mercedes-Benz. Yeah. And it had on on um it had a bumper sticker in the window that says, um, caution, caution, this is my first car, teenage driver. And I was like, hold up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right, it was like on so many levels, right? And and you know how that things go through your head, and I'm like, all right, hold on, teenager, my first car. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, bro, you're like, what's going on here, right? You know what I'm saying? I know it's levels, like I'm not even trying to downplay levels or whatever. But then, of course, um, it was like two white girls got in the car. And they were clearly like teenage white girls, probably like 17 years old, something like that. And they got in the car. And I was just like, yo, like, what what do your parents do that, that you know, would allow them to give their child their first car being like a like an E-class? It's clearly your parents' old vehicle. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, what you know, what what's going on in that world to be like, yeah, mess this one up, like, don't mess up the Honda Accord. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, if you get an accident, get an accident in this car. Like, I, you know, it was just, I was just, it was wild. It was really, it was a wild thing to me because I was just like, yo, times have really changed in this world, bro. Like, what was your first car? Think about that. <laughs> oh, hey, Seventy nine Chevette, bro. <laughs> right, right. 
Seventy-nine Chevette. What about you, Bo? It took. I had a. Um, what year was that? It had to be like a two thousand. No, 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 no. Everybody, it wasn't that recent. Like a ninety-eight Maxima or something like that. The white one. The yeah. one you had in Georgia State. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Maxima. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had, yep. I had a uh, eighty-seven Chevy Blazer. All of those cars that we named, that's that's just about right. That that's like yeah. <laughs> that's where you want to be at for your first car. Good good starter car, yeah. Well, those are good right. cars. Like you had one car as a classic, you know what I'm saying, with the seventy nine Chevette. Your, your, the the maximum is like the, the probably the car that more people will have for their first car. You know, it's like mm-hmm. clearly your parents had a reliable vehicle, they upgraded and it was like, Here, you can take our old car type of thing. And, and right. my car was just like a, I mean, it was an 87 Blazer, but that ain't brand new by no stretch of the imagination. Those are nice first cars. Those are cars where they they somewhat reliable, but also if something was to happen, we ain't lose out on a lot of money, right? Like, yeah, if your 79 Chevette break down, oh, well. <laughs> you right. Know what right. <laughs> or you can get a shade tree mechanic to easily fix that. Facts, facts. Yeah, yeah. Like the the 2018 E class, like you know E E whatever <clears throat> I don't know. E- no, that's just a whole nother. Yeah. That's a whole nother level, bro. Like I mean, you're talking a different level of insurance, different level of car maintenance. You, but you named it right there. You said two white girls got in it. Yeah, and see, here's the thing. There you go. Right? My my thing is, it's not even a, a money thing for me. It's not even a class thing. It's just, it's the first car. Is what I'm looking oh, yeah. at. It's it's really that. Like, if if they were like college kids, um, I still would have looked at it a little funny. But I mean, like, fam, we talking about like legit at best senior year in high school. Yeah. Just like, yo, where do you go from? Where do you go from there, right? And I don't know. It just it, it had my mind kind of like twirling and and just all kind of stuff just kind of going on in my head at the same time but i was just like that 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 wild me though nah, my kids ain't worked hard enough bro yeah yeah I, I my kids ain't, ain't worked hard enough for that to be their first experience you know i mean I, even if like say even if i got it and yeah, yeah, we're rolling yeah. like that you know it's just certain things bro like you, it's kind of a principle like you, you gotta you gotta live a little you need to earn a little facts Bro, you know? I would do the brand new Honda Accord before I like. Get yeah. My, like, <laughs> yeah. You know. Hundred percent. That's just. Now nah, maybe maybe that that car was you know it was in the the, the the lower the lower level of their fleet that they already have and it's like this yeah. th- that was their Honda Accord. Right. So then, they, might, they might have a Phantom at the house. <laughs> yeah. Or something. I'm saying. Yeah. Right. right. That's why I asked. I was like, Yo, like, what did your parents do for you for your first car to be like an E class, like? And yeah. that's really, uh, that's the thing that I was thinking about because I'm like, yo, your folks, and, and I'm, and I'm, I'm giving people the benefit of the doubt thinking that everyone's being sensible with their finances, but I'm thinking your parents got to be like up, up for that to be your, yeah. your, your number one, like your first car to go yeah. that route. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Gotta that's be. just something I saw, man. I, I want to bring it to the group and get y'all thoughts on it though. Yeah, man. So, how, how everybody been doing? I know we ain't talked in, it feel like, I mean, we've talked, but you know what I'm saying. We haven't been on the pod in a couple of weeks. How, how are the spirits of everybody? How everybody doing? I just woke up from a nap, man. It's, I've been tired, my guy. <laughs> it's been busy, man, to say the least, man. Just a few, un, you know, 
unending weeks of work and family and you know it's the end of the school year so kids got a million things going on at schools and all that so you know had to take a little step back for a minute but happy to be back on the podcast with the brothers for sure for sure how about you Corey? hey man out here riding around and getting it all right. just trying to you know hey one day one day closer to how so you can't say that nowadays bro right? hey le- legally man <laughs> legally <laughs> One day day closer to retirement. Yeah, man. Definitely. I I, I like how you thinking one day closer to retirement. Working toward that goal to where you ain't got to work no more unless you want to. That's that's really what I'm talking about. Um, So a couple of things, man. I know we've talked offline. We we did, for those that are, if this is your introduction to the Black Man Think podcast, uh, first off, we are a band of brothers. We are like it's a bunch of us, man. We seven deep, but you'll see mostly Corey and, and Mo and myself uh, on, on the pod. Um, but we're all college friends. We met. We have these engaging conversations um, offline in our group chat, and we decided, like, hey, we should bring these conversations to a podcast. And then we had a couple of different um ideas and those ideas eventually turn into the black man thing podcast and that's what you have now and so um we talk about these different critical things and and really whatever comes to to mind and more recently we thought about doing a book club and um this idea actually came from a shout out to, to uh chris he was like man we should start reading a book and uh it was a miseducation of the negro and we decided, like, no, you know what? Let's bring that idea over here. One of our uh, Patreon members actually kind of, like, put the battery in our back to say, like, yo, like, y'all should really do this. It'd be dope. And so we started. Now I have a confession myself, and I think Mo has a confession as well. We mm-hmm. both did the audio experience of this book, and we, we started with the first chapter. And I will personally here say that i probably going to have to end up getting the book. Um, while the audio version is cool, Let's just add in like the representation that was on the audio version of what I heard. <laughs> it didn't, it didn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I'll leave it at that. And I, I'm saying, you know, do whatever you need to do. But me personally, I think I'm gonna have to like actually get the book and read it um, as opposed to like doing the audio experience, unless I can find a different audio experience. Um, Corey, I don't, did you get a chance to, to read it or listen? Yeah, I, I listened to the audio. Okay, cool. So, yeah. how did it work for you? Uh, I mean, I didn't, you know, I really wasn't paying that much attention to the person's voice. I was trying to, you know, make sure I was understanding what the person was saying more so than how they were saying it. Oh, look at you, man! I'm, I'm so proud. I'm so proud. <laughs> Whatever, man. I'll say it's it's a book that for me just requires um, reflection. You know, as I listen and the pace of the the audio that I found was so, um, I don't know, it just flowed, you know, but it was, it was like every bar needs a moment to kind of swallow. And it's probably, it probably works better um, actually reading, reading off the pages. So, you know, I may, I may try to adjust to, um, cause it's an easy, it's an easy listen if you just ride and, you know, listen to a podcast, but for the sake of our conversations that we're trying to have on here, yeah. you know, I kind of want to be able to have some quotables available and be able to reference back. And that's a little hard to do listening to the audio version. Uh, I agree. I agree. So, um, chapter one is called the seat of the trouble. And I can tell you from like, 
from what I heard, what I what I took from it, and then you know, if we can move on with everybody and kind of give an idea. But um, what I what I gathered mostly was just positioning of power, like the beginning of positioning mm-hmm. of power, like how um, it's ironic that it's called the seat of the trouble. And, you know, we, that saying of like the seat at the table, you know what I mean? Like those, mm-hmm. those kind of parallels, but you know, it's almost what I gather is just like how at the beginning of the time it was set up for one side to succeed and one side to have a harder time to succeed. I'm not even going to say fail, but have a harder time um, trying to succeed. And, and I just found it interesting that, you know, even though we, we've, talked about how things are systematically in place for us to have a harder time that this is a book that, and I, I do want to find like, what was the actual date that it was written? But when you go back and see that, bro, they were talking about this back then and we still, you know, dealing with some of those things. Now that's kind of, that's kind of scary, bro. Like to really like look at it like that and, and see that, while there has been significant change, we still like fighting for the same stuff. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So yeah. that's that's kind of what I took from that first chapter so far. So yeah, and I don't even know if we even what we were talking about. I said the title. Um, you know, we're, we're actually reading the Miseducation of the Negro. Right. Um, you know, which is um, obviously a powerful manuscript for a million reasons. Um, but you know, to your point, man, like listening through that first chapter, I think more than anything, it, it's, it's enlightening. Um, it's shining a light in areas that are very visible yet very much hidden. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's introducing the structural institutions that are in the way of, you know, black people becoming equal, um, you know, it's almost beginning to not only like highlight the problems, but it's trying to reprogram our thinking, um, which man, listening to it, like it, it's really crazy, man. It's like, we're stuck in this world where everything or so many, you know, systems are against us, but at the same time, we have so many barriers that we've built in our own brains and in our own communities that have to be torn down at the same time. And it's like, you're fighting two wars at the same time. And so, you know, I think that first chapter kind of highlighted a lot of, you know, those two sides, those two wars. And so it's, it's a lot to process, honestly. Um, And these are things that we see obvious in our society, you know, from leadership in places and decision makers and schools and in government and, you know, all these different things that people are positioned in a place where they are now the decision maker that can keep our people held back. But to tear all of that down systematically, man, is such a, a process. Mm. It's, it's almost overwhelming. Yeah. Corey. Yeah, man, it was, it was definitely enlightening. Um, I mean, I've, I've never, you know, this is, this is not like it's a second or third time for me reading this um, book. I mean, it's my first time. So like just, I mean, he came out with, you know, just, I mean, he just gave it to you right up front. I mean, it it wasn't something that you got to build up to. And I don't know how the other chapters are, but um, I mean, it really makes you really think about stuff and like your upbringing and just thinking about how those things apply to you 
um, growing up and the things that you learned and, um, you know, how you make reference to how, you know, people go off to college and they learn things through a Eurocentric, you know, uh, style or, uh, or thought process. And then they come back to their communities and, you know, the, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but so basically when they coming back, he's saying that basically, you know, you coming back to your communities, trying to teach people your ways when you were misled in the beginning. So you're, you're not really helping anybody. Um, what is it made a reference to like, it's the worst, worst form of lynching or something yeah. like that. And, um, but I mean, it, it, I mean, I'm like, man, this, this is going to be a very interesting read, but I mean, it, it, I mean, I can see a lot of truth in it. Um, yeah. you don't, they, they, I mean, they trying to take away black history and books. Um, you know, they don't want to highlight stuff that, you know, African-Americans are, um, you know, are made to be proud of. I mean, they want to, you know, put what they want to put and that's what they want to teach us, which is, is unfortunate. So it really highlights how, especially, you know, people with kids, how you got to, you know, you got to kind of reinforce that to them, you know, to highlight those things, because if they continue to take stuff away, then our kids won't ever, you know, they won't ever know about black history. Right. I think the term now and the fight that's happening um, is critical race theory you know, mm. where there's this fight to literally do just that, is to hush and keep mom the truth about history, to take out any representation or any semblance of the reality that race played a part in in our history, in this country. And that's just absolutely foolish. Like that, like it's 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 a foolish thought to try to remove it, but it's a very intentional thought to try to remove it. Um, so that the generations to come grow up, you know, almost seeing this false representation that everything is equal. There's never been slavery. There's never been Jim Crow. There's never been the effects of slavery and Jim Crow for for decades and and even centuries. Um, and you know, like imagine our children just kind of going to school and you know, lollygagging around, and yet you know they're still living in the in the heart of oppression but nobody's saying it nobody's calling it nobody's taught about it and there's no memory of it and i mean you can try to rewrite history and if, if you're successful then right. <laughs> it's i mean come on you know i'm a, um i'm gonna read something this is from wikipedia but this is just like their synopsis of the first chapter just for people that are haven't had a chance to read it just to give a um a, a, another voice to the conversation so it says in chapter one the seed of trouble in this chapter, Woodson explains how African-Americans can feel out of place as they're indoctrinated and in, to despise themselves within the educational system. He identifies how African-Americans are often influenced to become a good Negro in order to become successful. And this yeah. um, ideology urges them to downplay their blackness to advance socially. But being educated and moving up the social ladder does not eliminate one's blackness. This problem could possibly be avoided if African-Americans had equal opportunity to learn about their culture and black history so i mean really i mean that's that's a system just like we all you know kind of said in our own own way but you know when you think about <clears throat> like downplaying 
I mean, that's essentially like code switching, and, and we've had these conversations. Yeah, I was just going to say that, code, yeah. Mm-hmm. We've had these conversations on, on, on the pod, man, where it's just like, you know, how some of us have had problems in the past with code switching and how sometimes you code switch and don't even realize that you're code switching. Yeah. Um, and and the biggest problem with all of that is the things that we do to make them feel comfortable is it's alarming honestly bro it's, it's very alarming because you rarely see the other side you oh, rarely see absolutely. white people trying to make us feel comfortable right like in in a lot of cases i'm not going to say most cases but in a lot of cases um they come in with a, a sense of authority. They come in with a sense of, of pride and, and a sense of entitlement. And, and and that's in any setting, bro. Like, this is not corporate America. I've, I've been in those situations where, bro, I can, I can hold a door for an old white lady. And she'll walk right past me like, you supposed to do that. No, like, no acknowledgement. Like, I, it, you don't even have to tell me thank you. I'm because mm-hmm. I'm I'm just a gentleman at heart, but like I mean, fam, I've I've been in those situations where it's like legit, no acknowledge, don't even look me in the eye, give me no, no, it's just like, as you should, and you know what I'm saying, like keep it moving, bro. Yeah. This is not like, this has happened from seventy year old to forty year old to you know what I'm saying, like down the line, and you know it's just things like that, bro. That that is. It's, I don't know, it's strange, man, that, that, that sense of entitlement, which I know is one of those things that I, I have issues with, for sure, but, yeah, man, just, it's a tough thing, bro, it's, it's tough, it's, it really is a tough thing to digest and, and to, like, deal with, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's sadder to see our, um, to see that like we've assimilated assimilated to that point i think as a people you know a lot of which has to do with survival um us feeling like there isn't an option other than assimilation in order to make it and and people have honestly like blatantly said you got to play the game or and you've heard it you know you've heard it said in different ways right you've heard like you know you gotta you gotta play the game to win or um you know i mean even a, a, a unofficial way of saying stuff like spend money to make money or yeah. you know it's just it's so many it's so many different versions of what that can look like but we've seen some of our prominent black leaders and people almost stand on that principle as if it is the correct way you know um, and it's not necessarily that there isn't an intentionality behind it. And it's also not that some of those approaches have not helped put people in a position where they can now reach back and help somebody else get there. It's just the reality that it's sad that that's what they feel like has to be done um, and what they feel like has to work for them. Um, and then you've heard the flip side of that where people have stood up and said, no, I'm tired of that. Let's create our own. Let's support our own. Let's completely remove ourselves from that system and live in our own system, you know, which unfortunately does have to start with people who have already made it, right? And, you, and yet again, you have to ask, 
how do you get to that point where you can, you know, divorce yourself from the system and say, I'm going to create my own. I'm going to do my own. I often hear Dame, somebody like Dame Dash always saying that, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to do my own, like forget their leagues, forget their businesses. I'm going to do my own version of this. I'm going to have my own um, multimedia company, my own, um, you know, pro football team, not in their league. I'm going to create my own league, you know, and I get the mentality. Both worlds come with the price. Mm. And so as a, as a normal, if I can use that word, normal black man who is trying to create that pathway that doesn't have to, you know, live behind just to create my own or bow to, you know, a white system that's created for white people's uh, success. Like, what do I do? Yeah. You know, what what do I do if I'm really trying to achieve? So it, it's a lot, man, a lot to swallow. Yeah, no, no, it is, man. I'm, um, <clears throat> I am interested to, to keep going in the book and just get an idea of, you know, uh, the messaging and, and also just a, a clear understanding. Uh, I looked it up. The book was published in 1933. So that kind of gives you some context to what we're looking at, bro. Like 1933. Almost a hundred years later, basically. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's wild. That's wild. And, And you know, it, it shows you that systems are, a very real thing, right? Even if you're dealing with systems and business systems and life, once a system is created, it's very difficult for it to be broken. And systems are more or less built to be long-term, bro. And, you know, and, and they're hard to penetrate and it takes someone to really, it takes, it takes a lot to break what someone has set up. <laughs> you know what I mean? For all intents and purposes. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's um, it's an interesting read. I'm 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 looking forward to to uh, going through the entire thing. Um, we can take a break on this. I don't know if we wanted to switch over to Patreon for this, but I know we were talking about some other things too. And, and you know, we don't have to make the whole episode about chapter chapter one. Just for y'all that that are here, we're gonna keep going through this, and we'll we'll you know go to chapter two. You know, each episode do 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 a chat. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna talk some other stuff too, though. We don't want to like serious y'all down for an entire episode. But um, yeah, Corey, I think you had an interesting take on um, what was the picture you put something in the group chat. Um, I told you I wasn't giving that any attention. So hold on, what what? I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. Nah, no, nah, I'm, I'm message, oh. man. No, nah, it was okay. Yeah, it was it was a post. It was a post of a, a sidekick. I think yeah, I saw it on Instagram where I don't know. It was probably the Shade Room posted something from Drake mm-hmm. saying that he was gonna. It was something along the lines of maybe going back to his sidekick and putting the iPhone down or something, or saying throwback. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was something like something along that. Basically, it was a picture of a sidekick. So it made me think about how you put. Well, me personally, I don't know. I don't know if anybody else in the no, crew had a sidekick, but in my flowers is cool. Oh yeah, yeah bro. I, I give credit where it's due, man. You put me on that sidekick, man. Bro, who, who's, who's the second. developer? Who is the developer of Sidekick? Like, what what company was that? Uh, that was a T-Mobile product. It was a T-Mobile. That was a T-Mobile T-Mobile like, Sidekick. Yeah. Exclusively, exclusively yeah. T-Mobile. 
Okay. Right. I, I won't speak that because I had to get a T-Mobile. Like, I think at the time I had Sprint. It's This is wild. This is going to show our age, but, like, it, it is what it is. At one point in time in our lives, we had a phone for calling and we had a phone for text messaging <laughs> for the yeah. most part. Like, I think mm. I, had, I had, like, a flip, some type of flip phone on Sprint. And, you know, you could do T9, but, like, this was, like, before, yeah. this was before text messaging was, like, unlimited. So you used to have to pay for text messaging. I know this sounds mm-hmm. like a wild concept to our 24-hour <laughs> audience. But, yeah, you used to have to pay for text messaging. And, and so at the time, why the sidekick was so, like, clutch, because, A, it had AIM, which, like, that was – that's AOL Instant Messenger for those that don't know. That was, like, a big thing at one point in time. And it had like unlimited text messaging. So going from a world where you had to pay per character for text messaging to a world where it was unlimited and you had aim, it was just like easy, an easy transition. So, you know, just walking around with two different, I can't remember how much that bill used to be. It was like maybe 30 or 40. Like $20. Yeah, yeah, it was like $20. Yeah. But it wasn't. But that keyboard, that keyboard was clutch though, man. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. that 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 was. I still got it. I went. I still got it. I went the different route, man. I I I tried to. I'm 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 just kind of wired that way. Like if everybody doing this, I'm gonna try to find something on the other in the other direction. So, I went with the BlackBerry for a while. Mm. You know, I, I saw it in the in the I guess in the music industry. Like, oh wait, you know, no no purpose or reason why. I mean, people just had it. So I'm like, I'm gonna get this, I'm gonna get this BlackBerry because it it looks official. It looks corporate. Looks looks like you know. And I mean, unfortunately, you know, it came with no, no features whatsoever. It was just, you know, screen and yeah. a query keyboard, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. And then, you know, they tried to, you know, keep up here and there and try to create flip version and, you know, the version with the screen and right. or the little, little pull up screen and whatnot. But end of the day, man, they, they kind of shot themselves in the foot long term. Blackberry was clutch too, man. I had Blackberry. Um, I had two, I think two different ones as my main phone. Once again, that you know, I like it had that push where the push email, like you get the email right away. Yeah, I used to love that feature. Yeah, that's so funny. That we name it stuff that's like standard now, like so standard. Right, exactly. <laughs> like you just yeah. it had the feature where like, bro, you can push a button and you get all your emails. Like, yeah. and they had pretty good speakers on that phone. I mean, on that phone, I remember that too. I see. I I didn't have the BlackBerry. I I was doing what you did, Mo, when it came to the Sidekick. I was like anti BlackBerry. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. But I yeah. didn't have like a trio. I had went to the trio. That was like I don't even remember that. Yeah, bro. It was like uh I mean it was basically the I forgot whoever made the trio, but it was the the competitor to the Blackberry. So the okay. only difference was it had a color screen before Blackberry did. I think originally Blackberry had like a, a black Oh, I know what you're talking about. It was silver. Yeah, yeah, it was silver. So it was. It was like, a palm. It was a palm. Yeah, it was a palm. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Yeah, palm so yeah, pilot. Yeah, like a little. Um, I remember that the little. Yeah, the little. Yeah. Uh, it had to have a little, the thick antenna. Stylus. You had one with the thick antenna. Yep, yep, I had one with a thick antenna, and then I had one when yeah. they, they got rid of the antenna when they kind of went even yeah. closer to, uh, BlackBerry. No, I still, I still, I kept a couple of those phones, man. I don't know. It's just, it's so. I weird. still got mine. Yeah, like keeping some of that old technology, but it's one. It's the the weird thing is I kept the phone, but I cannot tell you what the charge is at. So it's like, 
you know, if you can keep the phone charged up because those batteries eventually die die out. You know, they yep. they sell. So it's like um if you can keep the 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 phone on a decent charge, you can pull it back up, right? I I'd be interested to see like what was in some of those phones because I still have a Sidekick in my trio for sure. It's back from back then, those older phones. Hold up, y'all y'all did y'all ever have the Nokia's where like you go get the face plate uh, face plates? Oh, tomorrow, bro, and then get the, get the light kitted. up antennas. Yep, Atlanta. My junk was yep. kitted out, bro. I had a different color right. face plate. I had I had the hologram. I had the light up <laughs> antenna. You play snake on that thing? Yep. I do remember. Yeah, that too, I remember like like your phone ring it, it light up. I do. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I had that junk. That junk used to be lit, bro. You be in the movies, be so right. happy when that junk light up. <laughs> be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no the game changer. The game changer was the ring toss. One hundred. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When the ring toss came in, do you remember three mm-hmm. yeah. upload dot com? That's why we used to go to get the ring. <laughs> yep. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I had a Sanyo something. It was like the first color phone that I had, bro. This was like game changer. The phone had went to color and it went black. Sanyo. Yeah, it was a Sanyo something. It was a little flip, a little flip joint. But I, I remember that. And I had all the ringtones. I, I remember Ace used to have, um, I put 20, 20 foes as his ringtone. Because <laughs> I, I that was like his favorite song at the time. I do remember that. It's the good old days, man. Stuff y'all, you know. Crazy. I'm saying that, but like people that listen to this podcast, they're in our age group, so they can totally relate to what we're talking about. A few yeah. stragglers coming in that, that may not know, but like the, our core group, they feel our pain, but that was a good time. That was what a time. Bro. That was a good time, bro. Mobile to mobile bro. calling, three after nine. I mean, if, you, nah, if you've bro. been there for a little while, I think you can play a little extra. You can get seven. It was like eight, then it moved to seven. Yeah, free after that, free after that, unlimited minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, Bro, hey, call wild. me back, call me back. <laughs> you got T-Mobile, I got Sprint. Hey, call me back after nine. Yeah, <laughs> it's low key wild thinking back about like the generations of of cellular cellular phones that we've seen, bro. Yeah. All the way back to the briefcase that we used to have to take and, and plug into the car. <laughs> Unzip that whole thing, dog. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah dog. Yeah. You remember those? Yeah, yeah, I kids, remember bro. those, bro. That's wild. Where my dad had one of them joints, man. Junk like a full fledged briefcase, dog. Size about yeah, four yeah, exactly. iPads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you taking the laptop with you? No, it's, right. No, it's um McCorey, you said daytime minutes. I think I may have told this story before, but if I have, I apologize. But I never forget, dog. The first time that I the first phone conversation I ever had with my now wife there's a a running joke that I was like, man, I knew like you were the one because I talked to you for 360 um, <laughs> daytime, daytime minutes. Yeah. Daytime minutes. <laughs> you didn't have number 400. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It was 180 because I talked to her for three hours. So yeah, I talked to her for 180 daytime <laughs> minutes, bro. Three hour. First conversation with three hours, bro. I never forget that. I was like, yo, like I'm a That's crazy really like this shit because i'm like she don't on my daytime minutes and like Corey said i probably had 500 daytime minutes yeah they didn't give you yeah. only had a couple hundred yeah yeah it went a lot it went a lot bro they, yeah. they, they were nickel and dominoes bro <laughs> so, but we um, you know we didn't you know <laughs> we didn't know it. that's the only thing they offered so it was like yeah, hey bro. you gotta take it you gotta take it now it's like what unlimited can't get unlimited text messages what that's wild bro. That's wild to even think about. But look, we're going to go over to Patreon, man, and talk some more junk. Um, 
But look, uh, for y'all that are listening, thank y'all for tuning in. We appreciate y'all. If y'all do want to be super supporters and, and join our Patreon, we would greatly appreciate it. It helps us to keep doing the content that y'all like. Um, it may even help us buy, like, all of us are going by, you know, the actual book as opposed to listen to the audio version. <laughs> so, uh, if y'all want to help yeah. support, man, go ahead and uh, hit the link in our bio. Um link in the show notes all of that and, and subscribe to our patreon account we got a couple of different levels there tiers and you can pick whichever one that works for you but uh with all that being said oh i forgot about ask a black man i'm sorry let's see if i can pull it up sound good dog that who won these playoffs and, and who, who won it who bro he who said bro, he, he said maybe we can buy the book yeah, dog. Nah, he said we broke, 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 broke. We ain't got it. We ain't got it. We ain't got it. We ain't got it. All right, this is a good one, bro. This kind of go along with what we started with. Uh, what's the best thing about living in your city? What do you mean, your city? Your city? Like where your you city where right we currently now. live? Yeah. Hey, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Your city is not Atlanta. No, <laughs> <laughs> nah, mine not Atlanta. Mine is not Atlanta. Mine's Atlanta, Jake. Yeah, it's like Atlanta. I can I can put my bill on there and it still come to my house. So I guess it is. Hey, my my taxes property taxes not Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought I was still in Atlanta until I went to vote for the mayor and I had three other people on there. Boy, I was like, hold no. up. <laughs> It's, it's convenient until the moments come. I go to vote, boy. I got some names. I ain't never heard of them. I gotta go and do some research. I can't even. <laughs> oh man. Oh boy. Well, uh, the best I'll... thing. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Um, no, go ahead. I would say for me is like. I guess the luxury of being 10 minutes away from the city, but I don't live in the city. So um, the proximity for me, um, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not far away from anything, the location, you know, um, just kind of like in, in this central area of the city where it doesn't take long to get anywhere. I mean, bro, to be clear, you, you still did. I, I know I'm already had a whole song, but like, bro, you live in Atlanta, like, I mean, basically, but I yeah. mean, I, I mean, you, technically you don't, but you know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Yeah, no, I got you. I definitely. <laughs> but if you can see planes flying over your crib, dog, you live in Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta. All right. No, but I, that, that that is a good indicator, bro. Like if you're seeing the airplane, like where you can see an airplane is landing toward the airport or taking off. Yeah, you you. You're more Atlanta than the people that live in in um, Cobb County, and that's you know yeah. being real. So, uh, what about you, Mo? Uh, ironically, I mean, you know, I was just down the street from where y'all were, and then we moved, uh, and yet I still see planes flying over our crib. You know, they they, they very conveniently changed those plane routes, and that's another conversation for another day. By the way, we'll uh, get into in, into yeah, that yeah. significant reality. One hundred percent. That was. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's another conversation. Um, but you know what I'm saying? I, I would say uh I love the the quietness. Um, you know what I'm saying? I go out, sit on my back porch and just like hear the wind, you know, when I think when I was living closer to the city, I mean I hear the city. 
you know, I hear the, hear the highway, hear the cars, hear the trains coming by, all that. So it's definitely a, um, a breath of fresh air, even though, you know, it does require a little drive. Yeah. Just a little uh, short drive, Corey. <laughs> and, and a couple, a couple, ta- a couple um, tanks of gas. <laughs> Fast. Passport. Right. Gas car. <laughs> now I'll take the mega bus for the last two miles. <laughs> say for me man where i'm at um like i said I, my address says atlanta but technically i'm in the city of south fulton but what i can say that i like about where i'm at is i get the best of both worlds right because while i live off of a super main street once you turn off of that main street it doesn't feel like i'm on that main street like nowhere near that main street at all like my neighborhood gets super quiet. So I, I get the outside of airplanes because airplanes definitely fly over my crib. Like if we just be yeah. quiet for a few seconds, you'll hear an airplane. But um, I get the luxury of feeling like I'm in the woods, even though I'm not in the woods. You know what I'm saying? Like I, the way my mm-hmm. house is set up and, and the backyard, I can I can go and sit on my patio and really feel like I'm not in the city. But if I go and sit on my front porch, because I live on a street where it's like almost like a cut through, I can see cars coming through all the time. But mm-hmm. just by going to the backyard, it literally feels like I'm in the woods. And it's just that that slight dynamic of, you know, a couple hundred square feet. You know what I'm saying? That that yeah. it breaks off like that. So um, but I, I do love that. And also just like, you know, from a, a broad view, just living in Atlanta, man, it's just a. It's a great city, bro. I, I, I really think that there's no place like Atlanta because we are literally a city in the woods. Like we have, it's a taste of everything that you want, but you can go home and feel like you got room to breathe. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that's the beauty of our city as opposed to some other major cities where, you know, you can be in a city like New York and it feels like hustle and bustle all day long and you don't get that relaxation period versus here bro we, you can be in the mix and, and, and everything that you want and then you can take a 15 minute drive bro and like be away from everything so you know that, yep. that's the beauty of, of Atlanta I, I truly think so yeah, yeah man, that, that was a great question man but uh, once again join us on Patreon if y'all want more content uh, we about to go over there now and I don't know what we're talking about at the moment but trust me it'll be a worthwhile conversation so until then, man, we appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for listening. Make sure y'all tell a friend to tell a friend. And we'll see y'all next week. The Black, Black Men Think, Think Podcast. Podcast.